Welcome to the Awakened Man Podcast, where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to do a reprise of the episode about four episodes back on Is Marriage Worth Your Time? I forgot the exact title of it, but I know that the audio was uh, abhorrent, so I thought it'd be good to kind of go over the same topics uh, that were covered in that so I think there is this 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 ambivalence in men. And we're only going to talk about men in this episode because I can't speak for women clearly. About marriage. Because we are wired to want to have a companion in life. It's not good for man to be alone as, as God says in Genesis in the Garden of Eden. And this is why he creates woman. Not only just for procreation and for sex, but in an ideal world, in a pre-fallen world, Men and women complement themselves. We each have our strengths and our weaknesses, and we complement ourselves sexually. Our, our genitalia complements itself. And from our union, we produce life. And that was the first commandment is to be, be fruitful and multiply. So when people contracept or they you know, do these other things, it's like you're, you're, you know you're violating God's first commandment. But you know, when I say that, they go, whoa, Gregory, the world's overpopulated. Da, da, da. You know, we, we come up with all this rationale. Instead of just realizing, hey, really, sex is only for marriage. And if you make the vow to marry, then you understand that what comes out of that marriage could be kids, lots of kids, which typically end up being beneficial to your life. And if you don't want to have a lot of kids or have the responsibility, like it says in 1 Corinthians 7, just don't marry. St. Paul says, it's like if you can control your loins, don't marry. But either way, in the pre-fallen world, Marriage was good before sin entered, before the deadly sin, so to speak, of avarice and greed and sloth. And and, and certainly before the the fall of Adam and Eve, there was no death. They were in a perfected state. There was no aging. So you look and I think there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in the MGTOW world. And I've talked about this before. Many men who are MGTOW are just hiding behind the banner because they are incels. So they get dumped or they have bored luck with women. Then they, they fall upon red pill content. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hypergamy. Yeah. Burfo's law. Yeah. Women are horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. But really, they're just sad because they can't get a woman. And, and I'm not insulting you in any way, shape or form. This is just my observation. So if someone like DiCaprio came out and said, yeah, I'm going MGTOW monk the rest of my life, I'd be like, whoa, you know, because that guy, you know, he used to have the pussy posse way back in the 90s with uh, 
his boys, Toby Maguire, E from Entourage was part of it. And uh, so that's one thing. But either way, I do think there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in the MGTOW world in general. Because I think most men who identify themselves as going their own way would marry if there were some guarantees. And certainly if it was pre-fall guaranteed. Uh, but of course, we can't go back to that. That A state of no sin isn't going to be existing until the return of Christ. So we can't go back to that. But I think even most MGTOW men would marry if it was 1950 when no fault of force hadn't existed, when there wasn't a financial incentive in divorce, when women still adhered to traditional gender norms. And this is one of the great lies that the second wave feminists will tell you is that the 1950s housewives hated what they were doing. They were depressed. They hated it. Now, you know, you know what the studies show? Women hate working. That's what they hate. Now, the, the, the feminists will say, oh, but I love being independent, not needing a man, da 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 da, da. And this is what Sex in the City taught you. But again, I've mentioned Candace Bushnell came out, the creator of, that, of the book series, the, the author, said no. It was a great disservice. I shouldn't have written any of those things because she herself is in her 50s and in her invisible years and doesn't have any children. So women are wired to want to be with men, particularly strong masculine men who can provide. That satisfies their hypergamy. So if you look at it, we like to think that post-1970 world is good for both men and women, but it's not. And I think if most people were honest, they would admit that it's not. Women don't want to work as a whole. And men like to be the sole breadwinner because that's part of what makes them feel masculine. Men are defined by what they provide. Women are defined by the attention that they get and how they identify themselves as mothers and wives. And you'll, you talk to any single mom or any mom in general, they'll tell you, working, non-working, they are always dealing with guilt. I'm not a good enough mom, but I'm also not a good enough worker. Well, you know, understandably, because you're torn between two worlds and we shouldn't be in those worlds. It should be traditional gender norms. Man works, woman stays at home with the kids, raises the kids, homeschools the kids. But because women entered the workforce in the 1960s and 70s and certainly in the 80s, that actually depressed wages because now you've essentially doubled the workforce. And we're not going to go back. So, so most, most houses, typically, unless you're white collar, have to have a two income source. Now, I think a lot of couples that say they have to be two income, it's because they really want that six bedroom house and the, and the, and the new BMWs and all that. And if they scaled back, they could live on a, on a one-income house, but they don't want to do that. You can't, you can't have it both ways. So I think men, if MGTOW men, if they had the assurance of no divorce and that their woman was going to stay kind and, 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 and age well and, and, and cook and clean and do all the things that, that make men find make men attractive to women, which is femininity, and they knew the, the woman wasn't going to leave them, like they were in a sacramental marriage, which really doesn't mean anything because tons of tons of Catholics and Lutherans and, and the denominations in the church, or I should say Christian groups, because Catholicism isn't a denomination per se. 
no doubt a lot of these people have divorced. A lot of Catholics have divorced. But if you found somebody who actually believed in the indissolubility of marriage and said, I will never leave you no matter what. I understand that marriage is hard. There might be times where I don't even love you. Years, I might not even love you, but I will stick with you no matter what for the sake of the children and, and so forth. I think you'll see a lot of men who would marry. And I think a lot of men would marry either way. You know, this is why you must purge the relationship thirst, this idea that your life's incomplete without a woman. Because I think a lot of men have such a scarcity mindset, especially men who have not had a lot of luck with women. Yeah, I know she's got tattoos. Yeah, I know she rages. Yeah, I know she's already morbidly overweight at 22. You know, we cover some of these in, the, in that three-part series, uh, 30 Red Flags You Must Know Before Marrying Somebody. Yeah, I know, but, 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 but is always a but. That's a scarcity mindset mentality. But, but, I can't do any better, right? Instead of thinking, I could do better. I'm going to hold off. But, but. So look. I am not going to tell you what to do. Of course, it's your choice. Some of you guys are Christian. Some of you don't believe in fornication. Some of you are inveterate atheists who have no problem with fornication. So, you know, there's a, a wide spectrum of people who listen to this. So I would tell you, of course, you shouldn't fornicate because it's a grave sin. But I'm ultimately not going to tell you what you should do with your life. If you want to marry and you're like, uh, Gregory, I'm just going to vet and find the best woman I can and just roll the dice because I want to have children and I think it's wrong to have children out of wedlock. We see what that does to society and so forth. I'm just going to take my chances and use my red pill knowledge of maintaining frame and maintaining masculinity and passing shit tests and all these things. I'm just going to do my best. All right. All right, brother. I'm not going to judge you for that. Of course not. It's your life. It's your choice. Now learn from the red pill, right? So make sure your SMV is as high as it can be. Make as much money as you can. Work on your masculinity because these are things that are going to optimize from your side optimize the chances of your marriage being successful. And I don't even mean success as being not divorcing because first marriage statistic, even though this stat's been undermined quite a bit, it's, it's 50%. But then you look at the other 50% that stay married, how many of them are actually happy in the marriage? Because we know a lot of people are miserable in their marriages, right? So how many of them are actually happy? I don't know, maybe 20%. So you have an 80% chance of failure. We wouldn't get on an airplane that had an 80% chance of failure. So from your side, there are things that you can do to optimize. Work on your six sixes, for example. Now, what can you do on her side? Well, good luck on that because you know, women, you could put lipstick on a pig and it's still a pig. Not, not, that's not a fat reference joke. It's just we, we talk about tradcon women who, who bring a Bible and get gussied up in a conservative dress and show up at the evangelical singles group and you think that you've met heaven. Oh, you know, like like uh, the character, Ella Fisher's character from Wedding Crashers, where she tells Vince Vaughn, I'm a virgin. And then later on, she's like, I just said that because I thought that's what guys like when she's been around the block. So you don't know from the female perspective what you're buying. And we know that the more sexual partners a woman has, a higher rate of divorce and promiscuity and, and depression and other mental health problems. But you don't really know. And we have past episodes on this. You know, do you ask the, the question, what's your number? What's her number? Blah, 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 blah. So, uh, you can go to those past episodes, but you can prep yourself as best as you can and elevate your SMV the best you can to increase your chances of getting a good quality woman. But ultimately, you're going to have to be Inspector Clouseau. 
and or to do somebody more modern, the weird uh, character that uh, Daniel Craig plays on Knives Out and really investigate the woman. But look, it's ultimately up to you. You know the risks of divorce and marriage in 2022 America. You know what they are. So if you go and sign the Faustian Pact, you only have yourself to blame, right? There's no one else to blame. I mean, we could say blue pill men have invincible ignorance. They don't know any better. So you can't really get too mad at them. But red pill men who go back to the plantation... I mean, you are super culpable. You know exactly the, the, the knowledge, the truth, and you go back. And that's your choice. And I wish you well. If you go back, I pray it works out. I don't want to see divorce unless there's extreme physical abuse. I don't want to see a, a divorce. And even with divorce, look at what First Corinthians says about what Paul says about that. If you can't get along with your spouse, then you stay single unless you can reconcile. This is why the, the ancient churches, Orthodox Catholic, have always believed that you don't remarry. Christian remarriage, no. Matthew 19 talks about it too, no. But a large majority of the Christian churches, starting with John Calvin in the 1530s, was the first one that allowed a Christian remarriage when your spouse was still alive. And you know, you just spin Matthew 19 and saying, oh, well, you know, in cases of unjustity, well, that's cheating. No, that's not how the church viewed it. But either way, the red pill men know better. Now, if you are a man who's been so hurt by a first divorce or by relationships and you're just like, I'm going to monk it or I'm just going to go MGTOW one and hook, you know, pump and dumps and hookups and, and Tinder stuff. All right, then own that too. Own that too. I don't want to hear level one MGTOW men or monks saying, oh, I miss women or I miss marriage. You can't have it both ways. Just like the marriage man who goes back to the plantation complains, oh, I made a mistake. Ah. You knew full knowledge. Same with the monks. I miss pee. I miss the golden pee. Well, I mean, then go get married. I'm not going to tell you to go hook up. And then those of you guys are doing pumping and dumping, which is a lot of a lot of people. You know, we, we had that episode about five episodes back when I had that conversation with the woman that was cohabiting. A lot of men love that situation, right? Hot woman, cohabits. He says straight out, I'll never marry you, but she still stays because part of her has low self-esteem. A part of her thinks she, she can convince uh, the guy uh, to marry. I mean, a lot of guys want that. that that's the typical kind of MO in America and in the West is just hooking up on the second date then shacking up eventually, and just playing marriage. Now, we can see why the man likes it, because it lowers his risk, but he's getting the trappings of marriage. But why would women tolerate this? They're getting no security. We know women are wired for security and provisioning. But either way, if you want to be a... if Let's say you are a single man or like a Clooney who never... Or like a DiCaprio, I guess is a better example, since Clooney got married. You're a DiCaprio, or let's say you were a divorcee and then you've realized the beauty of MGTOW because you can do what you want, when you want, where you want. Let's say you have a lot of money, you got two houses, you can jet around the country, you can take trips, you don't have to get you know, death by a thousand compromises, all these things that happen when you're in relationships. All right, if that's what you want, then own it. Just whatever choice you have, just own it. I don't want to see men in cognitive dissonance because cognitive dissonance leads to anxiety. Cognitive dissonance leads to neurotic behavior and anxiety and so forth. And so just whatever choice you make, just own it. 
So you don't need to articulate this to me because clearly there's no way you can articulate this to me. So this is a one-way message. But in your mind, if you're like, I want to marry, all right, then marry. Work on your six sixes, improve your SMV, work on your game, your masculinity, and you're going to have to maintain that throughout the entire marriage. Vaya con Dios and pick the best woman you can. And I wish you well. Or if it's flipped and around and you decide to be a monk, I wish you well. Or if you're like, I want to be a monk for 10 years, like let's say you're 21, I want to be a monk for 15 years until I can get my SMV really high and I'm, I'm not going to sleep around, I'm not going to do anything and then I'll, I'll get married at 40. All right, that's your plan. Own it. I'm not going to judge you for that. I'm not going to judge you for any decision you make. I'm no person to judge. So just own whatever you choice you make. Understand the risks because there's risks in everything. Some people, you know, they, they think, oh, I want to be a big town man. And then they hit 50, 60 years old. And like, oh, I don't want to die alone. Everyone, no, I have nobody in my life. My parents are dead. And now I have nobody. All right. Well, that was one of the risks of pumping and dumping. That's not the same. We talked about the great divorce. There's men who remarry just because they don't want to be alone. And then they get divorced at 60. And now they're dealing with being alone with less assets. So I can't tell you what is the idle road. All I can tell you is own it. Choose what you want, own it, and preferably don't fornicate because it's a great mortal sin. Guys, if you appreciate my content, please post an honest review. If you have an Apple product, it'll only take you five seconds. I would appreciate that. Two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal. Make a donation up to free the cost of hosting this on the server. I would appreciate that. And there's a link for Naturopathic Earth, the website where you can see all the podcasts and articles that I have. Click on that. And lastly, subscribe and follow to The Awakened Man, The Female Holistic Health Apothecary, and Confessions of an Obi Shell. Till next time, take care, God bless, and pray. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needle. Until next time. Music, courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.